and welcome to the World Cricket Show. It's your friend Tony Kerr, in, literally in the driving seat, um, not in the Canyonero as was the calendar invite that uh, that was sent to me, um, but in the well, in another car, basically a much smaller one, much more cramped one and a much hotter one as well. Um, but the man in the passenger seat today is uh, Adam Bayfield. Been a passenger for years. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Cricket Pundits in Cars Getting Coffee. Uh, we, well, we haven't got any coffee, but yeah, we're recording from the car again. As you say, Tone, though, not your big roomy car. It's it's a bit more of a... It's intimate, isn't it? More of a clown car type <laughs> setup. But yeah, lots of cricket to talk about. But for some reason, you insisted on hosting this one. I'm not sure. He finally, whatever we, what are we, 393 episodes in? Um, you suddenly decided that uh, you'd had enough and uh, yeah. drunk with power, Kerr, you insisted on hosting this. Well, I've watched you just sort of run this thing into the ground for the last few years. So I thought I'd better kind of seize the reins and uh, yeah, try and turn turn this ship around. Turn this skiff around. Well, it feels weird. It does feel it's weird. It's hot in here. It's already boiling. <laughs> the windscreen is steaming up already. Um, and I've got a lot to talk about, so I'm not quite sure how we're going to do it. We, we may could... have to have like periodic kind of sort of open the airlock and uh, get some fresh air in. We could open the windows. It just might be noisier. Yeah, you, hang on. You've switched off the ignition. Oh, I mean, that is serious. It is hot. With apologies to listeners, we might have to have the windows open and you just hear cars coming past. I mean, that's the thing. If the Canyon era is like this sort of the uh the arena of um cricket car podcasting this is kind of like a sort of more intimate like late night club mm. sort of testing new material kind of vibe about this but anyway let's talk cricket because that's what we're here for primarily the world cup where are we at good <laughs> no, I'm, I'm gonna run through it i should say for listeners that we've got one microphone today tony's turned up with one mic and insisted and thrown a hissy fit to insist that he hosts it so we, we're definitely, yeah, we're, we're doing things your way today, Tone. But um, yeah, you, you've got one microphone that you're just kind of passing back and forth. Um, anyway, let's talk cricket. Let's just catch up on where we are because uh, the World Cup is well underway, it's fair to say. Um, it's already been going on for, for several weeks, it seems. India blazing a trail at the top of the table at the moment. Five wins from five just to, to catch you up on where we are uh, as we record this. Um, South Africa and New Zealand also going really well. Four wins for them. Australia um, showing some promise uh, they got six points and then uh, yeah as for the rest of the sides some interesting results um, Afghanistan have picked up a couple of wins um, some historic wins for them the Netherlands have picked up a win as well um, which was a, a very big moment England haven't picked up many wins <laughs> it's, uh, uh, to be blunt and uh, they are on the pitch at the moment against Sri Lanka as we record this and it doesn't look like they're going to pick up another win there they're, um, they're all out for 156 so yeah, um, that's where we're at, about the halfway stage of the tournament, so it's probably about the right time to, to catch up. Vibes so far? Yeah, good question, Tone. You're uh, proving yourself so far in this role. It's a very good first question. Puts me on the spot. I, can't, I was about to say something, I can't think what. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> it's tougher than it looks. Good start, yeah. <laughs> now you know how I feel. <laughs> yeah, not a fantastic start for you. I mean, do you want to talk about England now? Or how do you want to, I presume you've sort of planned, oh, as you insisted on hosting, you kind of had a plan in mind. You've spent a bit of time, probably last night, you were up quite late yeah. with it, like drafting an outline for this conversation. So, yeah, very much. I mean, it's more freeform um, uh, approach. But yeah, well, I think just give me the overview. Give me the, 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 the top down Bayfield report at this stage. What's the first draft going to say about this World Cup? I remember what I was going to say, by the way. <laughs> Sorry. Just uh, 
really derail your very professional setup there. What I was going to say is, as you just mentioned that England have just been bowled out for 150 or something against Sri Lanka. I'm kind of, in a weird way, hoping that England don't pull off a miraculous win there because we're probably about to tear into them. Uh, but if listeners are hearing this, when England have pulled off an astonishing win and, you know, their World Cup is back on track, then, uh, then yeah, then I apologise. But um, overall vibes on the on the World Cup? Well, I can give you an emotion if you like. Yeah, go on. I'm angry. Wow. You don't look it. You look quite chipper. I was honestly quite cross about it at the start. And like it's it's got a bit better. Like there's this whole sort of like there is a whole conversation about it uh, at the moment and I think uh, there was a story from George Debell in the cricketer the other day is this actually going to be the last World Cup the the ICC are going to meet later this year and potentially this might even be the last 50 over World Cup. There's only one more kind of in the diary. So a lot of people thought the next one would probably be the last one, but there is a kind of uh, consensus building that this World Cup has not been good. There are people pushing back on that as well. I think particularly that I've seen on on Twitter, Indian fans in particular, and perhaps there's an idea that oh, it's it's English media and English fans that are upset about this because England are doing badly. But right from the get go which admittedly was a match that England lost. <laughs> but from, from match one of this tournament, I I was just pretty angry about it. I mean, because like, I, I just don't think underwhelming begins to cover it. Like there's no there's no crowds. That's gone a little bit better, but certainly at oh, the, the start, was it, it was so flat, wasn't it? I, I mean, it's embarrassing. Like the, the first game, which was in the biggest stadium in the world, I think in Ahmedabad, 130,000 capacity. There was nobody there. And I, I have seen people say, well, actually, there may have been 20,000 people there. It's just because it was such a big stadium. Had it been at Lords, it would have been close to a sellout. But don't put the match there then. Or like, don't have India not playing in the opening match in that stadium. And then after that, there, there there's just been... For, for get neutral games and sort of less big games, there's been literally nobody there. So there's no crowds, no atmosphere, no excitement. I mean, and I don't know whether this is a... a feature of the tournament or just an unfortunate coincidence but there are no close games i can't think that there's been one close game so far and how many matches have we had 20 loads. 20 loads I, yeah, I don't think there has been um i mean there's been a couple of exciting results but the contests have been fairly one so i mean there's there, there, i mean there's probably various factors aren't there which we'll get onto maybe later or, or on our sort of post-tournament debrief but but yeah agreed not nothing to really get you out of seat yet well yeah and, and so this is why i say it's maybe got a little bit better is because uh, there have been some interesting results. So like Afghanistan beat England, Afghanistan beat Pakistan, Netherlands beat South Africa. And on the preview, I said I couldn't see Netherlands getting close to winning even a single game. And obviously they proved me wrong in that. But I suppose in a way that almost makes me more <laughs> annoyed because the the main problem for me is just this format is absolutely absurd. And I think I was very soft on the format in the preview. I think possibly. I think I might have said I liked it, but I, I do immediately regret that. I think I expressed reservations, but I, honestly, I was probably consciously trying not to be too negative because I remember before the 2019 World Cup when on our preview there, I was pretty negative about the format, and I, you know, copped it a bit from some listeners saying, you know, enough of the negativity, you know, get in behind the game. And like I kind of understand that sentiment and I don't want to be ultra negative. So I was sort of trying to say, yeah, like there is a kind of purity to it with the league table and everything. But as this is playing out, and as I say, it may be partly just an unfortunate coincidence that there have not been, there could have been more close games than this. You know, 
you play those games again, those 20 odd games again, maybe a handful of them would be exciting next time. It may just be, you know, uh, it just happens to have played out that way. But I just think it's hard to imagine how they could devise a worse format. And the, the reason I say like those surprising results, those upsets have almost made it worse is because like Afghanistan have pulled off two extraordinary historic victories and they still are definitely not going to get through. So like basically none of these games matter. They all add up to mattering in the end, but no individual game matters. So Netherlands being South Africa is an extraordinary result, but so what? You know, South Africa is still going to go through and Netherlands aren't. It's ridiculous. Like there's absolutely no jeopardy. And that may contribute as well to the, the crowds not being there because there is no particular reason to go to any of these games. There's no no particular game stands out as like that's a massive game. And it really annoyed me on the uh, preview that was on Sky, but I think was actually an official ICC preview. I don't know if you saw this time, but there was like an hour long preview that aired in the couple of, you know, aired repeatedly on Sky in the couple of days before the World Cup. But the um, voiceover, the narrator um, said they were displaying the fixtures and the narrator said, and a game that will surely go a long way to deciding the destiny of the trophy is on whatever date it was when India take on New Zealand. And I was like, what are you talking about? A, a game that will make absolutely no difference to the destination. That's obviously happened. India beat New Zealand. They're both going to go through. So yeah, the semi-finals and the final will matter, but none of these group games matter. Or as I say, cumulatively they matter, but no one game matters really. I, and for a, this is supposed to be the pinnacle of the game, and it's supposed to be the like the most sort of unmissable cricket that exists, and it's all very missable. Yeah, tough to disagree with any of that, really. Um... I'm trying to remember what I said in the preview. I think I, I think I said, you know, the, the one, the merit of it is that I suppose you are going to get the best sides, the best sides in the world at this stage will reach the the, the semi-finals. There is some merit to that, but yeah, in practice, as you say, it just means that the, 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 there's no there's no like rhythm to the tournament. Is there? There's no kind of there's no highs and lows. It's just one kind of like meh. And there's been some. There have been some outstanding individual performances, you know, not least, was it yesterday when we record this, uh, Glenn Maxwell d- doing extraordinary things, um, hitting a 41 ball ton um, in the final, having faced his first ball with nine overs to go, yeah. um, which is, you know, ludicrous. And there have been some awesome stuff, you know, Quinton de Kock, you know, South Africa's batters, but it's just such a plot, isn't it? And, and the fact there's one game a day, if it's, a, if it's a duff game, which, okay, they haven't all been duff games, but... If it doesn't come off, you sort of it just it's a bit of a grind. Yeah, yeah. The one game a day thing is a huge problem as well. And actually, like this format would hypothetically work. Obviously, this doesn't work in practice, but like theoretically would work if this was like just how cricket was and it, it was played sort of throughout the year, like the Premier League in football. It, it's just a league, like the ODI league. Yeah, whatever it's called. Which, What's it called? The Super League, which they kind of tried to do, but that was with series. But you, I, I could imagine that being more interesting than this. Like a league is not by definition not interesting it's just for a a tournament that's supposed to be like a compressed you know one-off thing for it and for for this to be going on so long over seven weeks and it's one game a day as you say there's no need for it and and yeah so it there's no jeopardy it whereas a a 16 team tournament four groups of four would firstly have the virtue of having more teams in and be expanding the game which we want to see yeah which is and that's a huge problem for this as well um, but would also just have that jeopardy. So if Netherlands had beaten South Africa in a four-team group, suddenly South Africa 
are genuinely concerned that they might not get through and Netherlands have a, a realistic hope of progressing whereas actually it just didn't matter that result it didn't matter to either team I mean it may yet be proved wrong maybe South Africa will slip up and and not go through but that doesn't look very likely as we're speaking so and so the reason I'm angry like or I have been angry about it is just because I, I just feel like it's so unnecessary this format it doesn't have to be like this it could be something like it's pure greed it's greed pure and simple it goes back to 2007 when you know India got knocked out by Bangladesh and Pakistan got knocked out by Ireland early doors and they basically the ICC were basically like well that can never happen again and I, I like that there's m- merit to that because clearly India and Pakistan do need to be there but ultimately in the bigger picture like it is just killing the game and it, it's 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 killing the game for people like me and I really like cricket so in terms of trying to expand it and and the World Cup should be the showcase and the vehicle to attract new audiences like no, the profile of this tournament of this Cricket World Cup is non-existent in the UK compared to the Rugby World Cup which is also going on now and that just feels like such a missed opportunity and it doesn't need to be that way which to be fair though, the Rugby World Cup isn't perfect no not at all but there is at least I mean well, I suppose the, the contrast of that is that the the disparity between the the big teams and the the, the emerging nations um, is too great isn't it so that having those groups st- the, the group stages were pretty mm. pretty dull um, so as soon as it gets to the knockouts but at least you've got that virtue of you know the games are over a couple of days or over the weekends every week there's a, there's a rhythm to it that you can kind of you can like tune into uh, and at least they've got three rounds of knockout games so so that's been that's been yeah pretty exciting whereas yeah this grind culminates as we know in just sort of bang bang semis and then yeah sort of off you go see you in well see you in four years maybe for the uh finale yeah and it could yet be that we forget all about this if you know the next couple of weeks there are lots of exciting games maybe it comes down to a bit of a shootout at the end for that fourth spot you know between australia pakistan maybe that could yet get quite exciting and then if the semi-finals and final are brilliant games and as we said on the preview you know the fact that the final in 2019 is probably the greatest odi of all time meant that that is our memory of the tournament and i think not just as england fans i think like cricket fans that's what they think about when they think about that 2019 world cup they don't think about the grind of group stage and it could yet be the same but I, I do think that 2019 final masked a lot of problems with that tournament and the fact that we ha- that we haven't remembered how dull the group stage was. There were just, it, as I say, it just happened to be that there were more close games then. There were m- more watchable games. Um, but I do remember that we were talking during the tournament, you know, during that tournament saying a lot of this same stuff. I probably wasn't as angry about it, but... That those problems were the same it's just that in the end we forgot about it because actually the semi-finals were very good and the final it was the, like the best game of all time it could happen again but i i hope not because i i hope there are more 50 over world cups but not if they ha- they're going to be this format because it's just it's so boring i mean as you mentioned at the, at the top the whole I mean, it's it is with cricket i mean we've been doing this podcast for 15 years which is terrifying um <laughs> and yet <laughs> here we are in a car but it, it, the con i mean it, it's never gone away the 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 debate about what the game should look like and how it should be structured and what the world cup should look like and which formats 
top of the tree and whatever which one's going to be for the chop um but that does seem to be as strong as ever so maybe we should talk about that after the tournament mm. see what happens um see what the icc decide um should we just touch on england well, we can dig do. into england um as we say we're recording this um as sri lanka kind of look to uh buried england's chances really um yeah how angry are you about their performances <laughs> so far yeah, well, it's been hugely disappointing, hasn't it? And obviously on the preview, I mean, I, I think I predicted England to get to the final. I think we were pretty uh, confident, probably some might say overconfident about their chances. I didn't. I really didn't think England would have too much trouble getting through to the semifinals. And obviously it's been a complete disaster. And, you know, not only losing uh, to Afghanistan, but getting absolutely obliterated by South Africa, who we should say, and maybe we'll talk about them a bit more in a bit, but... Like South Africa played incredibly well, and that's maybe something that got a little bit lost in the English coverage of it because it was an extraordinarily good performance by South Africa. But obviously they racked up what three hundred ninety nine, and England were bowled out for one hundred and seventy or something. But which could have been a lot worse, but for you know the the, the bowlers um, thrashing it around a bit at the end, and I think it was England's biggest ever defeat in ODIs. So yeah, and then obviously it looks like they're going to lose to Sri Lanka today. So it does. I mean it. The wheels have come off, haven't they? And it it has the feeling of the end of an era. It's got a bit of a last days of Rome feel to it. But I don't know what you think. I mean, I I don't know how far that is the case, or whether like how much can we put down to actually just something as simple as uh, just some of the key players out of form. Like, so for example, Johnny Best is having a rotten tournament. Is he done? <laughs> Or actually, is he just out of Nick? And Joe Root is clearly out of Nick. I mean, that doesn't explain all of it, but it's maybe an oversimplification to just say, well, it's it's clearly the end of an era. There's a lot of factors. There's all, There's been, I think, muddled thinking. There was muddled thinking about the squad selection. Again, I don't know why we've got so many bowlers. Going into that South Africa game, they made three changes, left out all the all-rounders, had David Willey batting at seven. And then, like, winning the toss and choosing to bowl was just a baffling decision. And... You can probably go a bit too far with that because if it, obviously if if South Africa had won the toss and chosen to bat, I don't think we'd have been saying, well, it's just all about the toss, isn't it? Like It shouldn't be the case. It's like, well, England made a mistake at the toss and that explains the whole performance. But it was very weird that they chose to bowl given that it was you know sapping heat and humidity and they had to stand around in the field and then... At, and to be honest, I don't think I've ever seen, and I think Ian Ward said the same on Sky, I don't remember seeing England look, so, you know, struggle so much in the conditions, in the in the heat and humidity as they did. So again, whether that, whether there's some sort of virus been going around the camp, because, you know, clearly Adil Rashid was not well, there may be things going on that we're not aware of, because there's just a kind of weird vibe about it. And coming into the tournament, so maybe we were overconfident, but with the way they played against New Zealand in September... I really thought, you know, England do look really strong here and, and they've got a lot of strength in depth. And so the fact they just haven't turned up at all, I don't know what you think. Is it yeah. is it the end of an era? They, they're obviously getting older. I think today this is the first time England have ever played a team where all 11 are over the age of 30. It, it could be the end of an era or it, it may not be as straightforward as that. I don't know. I think, it, I think you're right. I think it does feel like it, it's a kind of, it's sort of withered away slightly, hasn't it, over the last few weeks. Um, there is maybe a i don't know you, you get the sense that kind of just a lot of things have conspired to mm. to go wrong um i don't think you can sort of pin it on 
on any one thing, can you? It's not kind of necessarily bad leadership or mm. bad luck or bad, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. I, I, it, it just, it, it feels a bit, it just feels very bitty and it feels very, very, very underwhelming. I, I was, yeah, I, well, I think we were very confident that India would be in the mix when we, we really put our heads on the, <laughs> on the, on the block for that one. Um, but yeah, you just felt like England had at least one more tournament in them as a, or this England kind of, yeah, this England era, but yeah, it does seem to have, does seem to have fallen away. And, and, you know, it looks like they're going to lose to Sri Lanka today. Doesn't give them an awful lot of wiggle room, if any now. Um, That's probably yeah impossible now, isn't it? And how they, approach those final four games you know if they can get some wins out of it does it yeah does it put a different light on it but if it you know if they continue to faff around so to speak um yeah maybe maybe there'll be bigger questions to answer afterwards yeah well i i mean i hope i'm wrong but i'd be i'd actually be surprised if they lose today i'd be surprised if they do much in the remaining games because I mean that's quite a long. That's a tough prospect to play. Will, will, will it be four more games, knowing that your tournament's over? And there may be an element here as well of just and the next two against India and Australia. Yeah. So there may be an element as well of just once things start to go wrong, it's a bit like it's a kind of a enlarged version of the batting collapse. This is the sort of, you know, this is the equivalent of scrabbling around in the dressing room trying to find your thigh pad, because once things start to go wrong, there's just like an atmosphere and a, a, that kind of sets in. And it, you can possibly have even seen it today with a batting collapse because they made a really good start. But when a couple of things went wrong and Joe Root got run out, panic starts to spread a little bit. I mean, I still think you look at that team on paper and it is one of the strongest teams in the tournament. Maybe the bowling attack is more of a weakness than we thought. But yeah, like, you know, in theory, this is an incredibly good team. But is it just to actually, you know, Bairstow and Livingston and people like that are just not the players that they were but then you know Besto's still been very good in test cricket I it's quite hard to explain but yeah it's obviously been hugely disappointing yeah not much to to get excited about so far um I mean if we're not going to be any good at ODI cricket anymore may as well get rid of it so uh there we go <laughs> yeah. well I think that's that's the kind of Indian fan yeah. view on on on, on our view um is uh, what, done it's, maybe, yeah, we can we won it and it's done <laughs> maybe not just indian fans maybe australian and everyone possibly maybe that's maybe they think that that's why we we aren't enjoying this world cup but and there could be some of that I going on an element of that i'm there sure something going on if, if england were top of the table maybe i'd feel a little bit different but what i was going to say is that perhaps like as i say you look on paper and that's an incredibly strong team but it's perhaps maybe what we underestimate slightly well two things is one, how little ODI cricket England have actually played. And that's true of a lot of teams, to be fair. Um, and uh, there is a narrative developing that it's all because of the 100 and because English, England's top players don't play 50-over cricket at all anymore, domestically. Yeah, I've seen a lot of comments on Twitter about, oh, you know, uh, getting rid of the one-day cup and all, or like sidelining the one-day cup, making it... I mean, it's not like that will have had an impact on this this England performance. No, and also, and like how much one-day cup did those guys play in the lead up to 2019 I'd be surprised if it was very much and li listen you know you're not going to hear me defending the 100 I despise the 100 but I, I don't think that's what the reason for this it's probably more that they haven't played much ODI cricket like they haven't played much one day international cricket in, in the lead up to this tournament so maybe there's a sense of players not quite knowing what their role is or almost like forgetting what it takes to build an innings of that length of time and actually only Darwin Milan has really been able to do that so far um, so yeah perhaps 
two things we forgot is one how little ODI cricket they played and two yeah, there is a there's a kind of feeling that this is the same team that won the World Cup in 2019 and obviously there are a lot of the same players but there are some significant absentees that have, and those absences have maybe played more of a role than we anticipated so you know missing from 2019 Jason Roy Owen Morgan Joffre Archer and Liam Plunkett and arguably those were England's four most important players in that tournament um you know Jason Roy I think we at the time said was probably man of the tournament was England's most important player Owen Morgan the captain and setting the tone and keeping calm and the strategy and all of that and Joss Butler for all that he's a good guy is not I don't think in the same category Joffre Archer clearly you know was extraordinary impact and was a bowler that the opposition were afraid of and then Liam Plunkett you know maybe the most underrated part of that and we but showed in the final particularly but actually all the way through the tournament taking wickets in the middle overs and disrupting things in the middle over and keeping a lid on England haven't had that they've really struggled with that this time well they've actually struggled generally with the ball and they struggled at the top and at the yeah. death too but you can imagine against South Africa if they'd had Plunkett coming on and picking up two or three wickets it would have meant that South Africa couldn't have teed off in those last 10 overs in the way they did so there, there's been there are massive absences from four years ago that perhaps England haven't replaced and we maybe didn't focus in on that as much as we could have yeah slight sense that this ODI World Cup kind of crept up on us and that might have almost crept up on England a bit yeah. because um you know clearly the ashes in the summer was a you know was a huge focus and then you know the fact that the fixtures were confirmed so I don't know that the yeah it kind of yeah it definitely hasn't fallen England's way at all um well I guess more more debrief at the end of the tournament yeah I mean do you want to do you want to just quickly talk about the other teams I was going to just go on to that now yeah yeah go on I mean uh, I thought you were wrapping up no 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 Where, where's your money at this point well I mean it's hard to look beyond India isn't it because obviously they've won five out of five and looked incredibly impressive in doing so that said it's going to come down to two games and while India have looked very good I don't think they've looked unbeatable at all you know and New Zealand could easily have beaten them they do look good. I mean, you you were quite annoyed by the whole Kohli oh, side. Don't mention that. Yeah. Well, I just, I just get so bored of the. I mean, I, I know why they do it, but like you know, like the ICC socials and and whatnot. It's like literally, Kohli just has to like get out of bed and they'll post about it, King Kohli, and you're like, I, like I know you're gonna get you know, five thousand retweets and whatever million likes, but my God, is it boring? And I got you know. I, I, it's just, yeah it, it for me it just massively kind of takes a gloss of what an amazing batsman he is because it's just all about the accumulation of centuries now isn't it it's like oh it's, it's number 40 whatever yeah and you know and obviously you, you the incident you're referencing is um but basically yeah basically it was all more or less a manufactured ending to 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 get curly to his hundred but i'm sure there'll be a few more reminds me i need to talk to you about our new strategic plan for the world cricket show <laughs> socials um well, we just don't post enough about Kohli. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Really? It's a five-year plan, um, and it's it's just the word Kohli. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, look, India do look very impressive. I think at this point, you would say it will be no surprise if they win it, which is what you said on the preview. It was. Or no, in fact, what I think what you said was you'd be surprised if they don't win it, and, and possibly we're getting into that territory. But that said, South Africa have looked really good. Obviously. I really like that as well, because, yeah. you know, South Africa have had some... Yeah, there's been a lot going on there. There's, you know, they've had as a, just as a, an international cricket operation. Um, yeah, it's been a challenging period, hasn't it? I mean, it, it's just it's just, it, it's been difficult for them to move through it. Um, but it's really, I mean, it, it's cool to see them doing well. Uh, and some some unbelievable performances, like Quinton de Kock is just like I don't know what the word is, but 
emanating runs, isn't he, at the moment? Uh, Klassen as well, oozing, oozing runs. Um, Klassen has, has delivered on, on the form he showed ahead of the tournament as well. So, um, yeah, good to see. Just seeping runs. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, well, it, as you say, they've had a difficult period. Like, it's actually not that long ago that we were probably on this podcast <laughs> w- wondering whether, like, what the kind of future was for South African cricket, and it was looking a little bit bleak. Um, and that possibly in a long-term way, there's still... Yeah, that, this might not have changed it, right? Yeah, there's still some question about that. And, you know, the fact, like, for example, that they, you know, they're they're not sending their... or the, I can't remember what the outcome this was, but they, at one point they were not sending their... Um, strong strongest 11 on a test tour because they were prioritizing the t20 tournament etc etc so um but so therefore as you say it is great to see him doing well and to see that there are young players coming through are very exciting like marco jansen's been been brilliant hasn't he so um i, I always want to call him matt jansen former, former black, <laughs> matty jansen former blackburn striker they're, they've been fantastic and their batting just looks pretty formidable doesn't it and they've got the bowlers to back it up. So, yeah, I, I, I think it looks like it's between those two. New Zealand have obviously been good too. Australia appear to be coming into form, having lost their opening two games. Been a bit disappointed by Pakistan, who I think I tipped to win it. Still might, but haven't looked as uh, as impressive as I as I expected them to be. Yeah, no, tough to disagree with any of that. I mean, and then, and then you're left with England kind of in the mix with the... With the kind of the make weights, not to be too minnows. The minnows. Yeah, it's really Everyone loves that word. Everybody loves the word minnow. Uh, no, but it has been. I mean, th- those Afghanistan victories were were awesome. Maybe not the one against England. It was slightly harder to take, but but then you sort of just to complete the sort of table, um, Bangladesh have been a bit underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Sri Lanka, you know, if they get the win against England, um, yeah, that will be something to to hold on to. Um, so yeah. Uh, well, we'll leave it there, shall we? Because uh, Willie takes two quick wickets as Sri Lanka chase the total. Let's start the car. Forty for two at the moment. It's going to ruin this whole podcast if England wins. So <laughs> come on, Sri Lanka. We'll be back at the end of the tournament. I think, yeah, really. Or maybe, maybe at the end of the group stage. We talked about World Cup weekly, but I, I suspect it's going to be World Cup once, and then <laughs> and then uh, World Cup once, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, a, a post-tournament review. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Um, right, we'll leave it there, shall we? Uh, I think good, good call to put the windows down. It's been palatable. Yeah, you're, we're very close. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're very close. Um, I've also got a bit of a cold. Yeah. So just for that. Well, anyway, let's leave it there. Uh, it's been fun. We'll be back in the Canyonero next time. Yeah. Um, yeah, to wrap up. Well, maybe we'll do. Maybe we'll we'll get out the Canyonero, get out the car for the for the full tournament review. And then we'll look ahead to what's coming up over the winter. How would you evaluate your performance today? This is a, as a kind of appraisal. If it's been you... nice. I mean, you, you've talked a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Possession stats would show. Yeah. Yeah. My arm starts hurt a bit from holding the mic. Um, but other than that, I've enjoyed it. That's been good. Yeah. We'll, see, we'll see what the fans think. You're pleased with yourself. <laughs> I'll enjoy my lunch. Uh, right, let's do it there. Cheers, uh, Adam. Um, see you next time. Bye. I can smell your fear. Ba da da ba 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 da da ba ba.